Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Caimes, and this is Ellas. Welcome back. I'm Brenda Hernandez, and on the 11th episode of Ellas, I have a very special guest. She's a fashion designer, winner of Project One Way, Ashley Nell Tipton. Welcome, Hi. Ashley. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for uh, accepting my invitation. I'm really, so really honored to be here in your studio, in your house. Yes. And having this um, great, we're going to have this great conversation. I'm excited. <laughs> so for all the listeners um, of AS, we, in, in the show, we love to talk about the beginning before, mm-hmm. you know, you decided to study fashion before anything. So we like to go back in the beginning. Can you share with us your story of how your childhood, your upbringing, and mm-hmm. what sparked the inspiration of to study fashion? Um, well, I'm born and raised in San Diego, California. My father is from El Centro, and my mother is from Mexicali. And they both came here and eventually met each other and had me. I have uh, three older brothers and sisters, uh, way older than me, like about 10, 15 years older. So... There's a huge age gap. So growing up, I definitely felt like an only child because I had older brothers and sisters that bossed me around. <laughs> um, but as a kid, um, I was super close to my grandmother. And my grandmother mm. is the person who taught me how to sew when I was about seven years old. And when I was a kid, I was fat and learning that I had a disability, which was I was dyslexic. Mm-hmm. And so not learn not able to learn how to read and write really affected my self-esteem growing up and also being fat because I was constantly being picked on and so when it was time to go to grandma's house I always enjoyed going to her house because we got to do a lot of arts and crafts she would teach me all these cool things that she was doing in her uh, senior citizen homes and um I would always turn our time that we had with each other, like this bonding moment Mm -hmm. and also learning these crafts where I got to turn my self-expression into art. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't a writer or anything like that. I didn't pick up books to read. I just love looking at magazines and looking through the pictures and just finding things that drew my eye into. And um, yeah, that's basically me growing up I Mm -hmm. would take all my artwork that I made and sell it like I always wanted to share my art with people it wasn't about how much money I was gonna make but at least I made something so that I could turn that money and buy more More. things to um, make more art because I absolutely love to be a creative kid and with that I once I started growing up and was more into clothing my mom picked all my clothes growing up and being a big kid my mom would shop in like the older women's section Mm -hmm. and so she would put me in these button-down collared shirts that I hated like I just felt like I didn't dress my age and so when it came to a time where I could actually pick out my clothes I really tried to express myself by wearing color because my mom would always put me in black she would put me in vertical stripes nothing that was for a kid and so I always wanted to wear bright colors sequins glitter everything and she would always say what are you wearing like you're gonna look like a piñata or like something and I'm like this is just how I want to express myself yeah your style yeah my style not her style because she would never wear anything like that and it's really interesting because since you were a little kid you well you knew your aesthetic yourself and we see a lot of your collection mm-hmm. and it's a lot of, you know, bright colors, sequins. So you're definitely expressing that aesthetic to, to, into your brand. Definitely. I, I feel like the plus size industry has, I know we might be segueing too <laughs> far off, but I just feel like in the plus size industry, there's so much black, there's so much dark colors, so much vertical stripes that it's time to like break away from that mm-hmm. and do things to allow people to mix and match and choose what they want to wear, like fill in the gaps. Exactly. And 
can you share that moment when you decided, you know what, I'm going to go and study fashion. This is what I want to do. Yes, I love doing this for myself, but when did you see it as something you could do as a career? Um, so I was in high school and I always thought that I would go into cosmetology. I love doing hair and my own hair. I always came to school with hair and makeup. Always, you know, made sure that I looked presentable every time I walked out of the house. And um, when I was a senior in high school, I took theater class and I loved costume design. And I was like, why not design a collection just, you know, from your senior mm -hmm. project and I started getting into sewing and pattern making and I was like, I think I really want to go to college for this. And so um, I went to community college here in San Diego for one year and that was for me to test it out. Like, how is it learning how to do fashion design and do I feel like I have what it takes to do mm -hmm. it? So I went to school for a year, then transferred to an actual design school. Um, I was ahead of my class for once I was like wow this is so different being the person who's dyslexic and always struggling in school and to finally be somewhere mm -hmm. where I actually understand what I'm learning and I can help students it was like a whole nother view on life and um, I really enjoyed school so I was like I think this is what I want to do and right before I graduated I started my own business and that's where Ashley Noel Tipton's designs came from. And I got to go to New York and show my first ever plus size collection. This is all before Project Runway. Um, so I got to show my collection and kind of show this industry who mm -hmm. I was at 20 years old, you know, wanting to design yeah. for plus size women. And during that of deciding to study fashion, did you receive that support from your parents and especially from your grandma? Were they like the pillars of like, hey, motivating, like you should do this because you're great at this? Yeah. Or My grandma always had um, faith in me. She always believed in me. She always wanted me to chase after my dreams. My mom was a little closed off. She was like, I don't want you to be designing plus size clothing because I think you're going to stay gordita for the rest of your life. Like, you need to do something else. Like, mm -hmm. why don't you become a chef? And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Why don't you become a doctor? I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. But I think being a Hispanic mother, they know what's best for you and they always want to share that mm -hmm. knowledge and just try to push you to do better than what they've done. Yeah, my mother was... Encouraging in her own ways, my dad was just like, do whatever is right for you and what you love to do. Um, but it wasn't until my mom actually saw that I could mm -hmm. make a business out of this where she was actually encouraging. And she was like, if you want to start your own business, start it and you can live under this roof and you can stay here and we'll support you in any way. Oh, that's amazing. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, obviously going through before Project Runway when was that can you tell us that story of being in new york and presenting your collection before project runway mm -hmm. how was that like for maybe our listeners who want to be a fashion designer but don't know how where to start where to start how it takes what it takes um so i was just finishing up college when i decided to take my well, what is it i had my senior project from college. Mm -hmm. I posted it on social media. This is back when Tumblr was first coming out and people were, Instagram wasn't really big yet. And mm -hmm. I had presented or posted my work on Tumblr. And overnight, it was a huge success where people were asking, like, where can I buy your clothing? Can I pull your, some of your looks or some of your designs to post, um, like, to do editorial? And I was completely shocked. And one of the marketing directors for Full Figure Fashion Week contacted me and was like, I really think that you should be an indie designer at um, this fashion show. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, thank God, she was able to pay for my ride and her ride to New York and helped me with everything, like getting everything ready. And it was our both of our first times in New York City. And... It was really, really nerve-wracking, but at the end of the day, I believed in myself, and I believed mm -hmm. in my designs, and I believed that everybody was going to enjoy them as much as I did because there were things that I wasn't seeing in the plus-size industry that I 
definitely wanted to see as a consumer like i wanted to purchase these things i wanted to wear them exactly you found a niche you know you found something that was lacking in your you as a consumer and as a fashion designer and was that moment when you decided to do project runway i know that (laughs) this was back in 2012 i want to say so no i back then back in 2012 i did get asked if i wanted to apply for the show Mm -hmm. but i turned it down because i wanted to start my business i wanted to start my business before i took the jump into going on a reality show i really Mm -hmm. wanted to know who i was as a designer Mm -hmm. what i was capable of doing and i don't think like i was just finishing up school i was like i have so much to learn about this industry before i jump right into it so i gave it a few years i had my business i was working outside of my parents garage garage i was sewing order by order i got to learn what production is like and just being an indie designer just graduating from college Mm -hmm. Um, One of my uncles loaned me $5,000 to start my business. I went and bought equipment, tables, fabrics, everything that I needed to start a business. And I was way over my head. I thought I could do it all. And when I first opened my online store and had items for people to buy, I couldn't fulfill the orders on my own. I remember I had my cousins, my tias, my sister, my mom out in the lawn cutting all the pe- like all the orders out yes. and I was sewing everything and I would stress myself out so much that I wanted to quit and my sister's like you need to take the money that you just um got from your orders and put your clothes into production and so I did that and I got to learn everything about production and all the stressful work and dealing with customers and orders and i'm just glad that i did it that way i learned the hard way but sometimes you have to learn that way for it to like really get in your mind like this is the way you have to do things like you can't cut corners sometimes you think things are easier than it looks but Mm -hmm. it really isn't so i got to learn and then maybe two years later no three years so that was 2012 13 So in 2015, um, I received an email two days after my grandmother had passed away who taught me how to sew. I received an email from Project Runway to apply for the new season. And I was in my sister's garage at that time working in my studio. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had one of my cousins helping me cut out some orders and I tell her, oh my gosh, Project Runway just emailed me to apply for the next season. And she was like, you should do it. And I'm reading the grand prize. Like, I'm reading everything you have to do. And it sounds amazing. But I was just like, I don't don't even want to apply for it and not even get in. Like, I don't think it's worth it. And she was like, Ashley, you have nothing to lose. Like, do it. I'll help you. And so we applied. I did the audition tape. I got everything ready and maybe like two weeks after I applied I received a call back and they're like we want to see you in Los Angeles we want you to come and do a live audition you're able to bring three models and bring a collection that best describes you Mm -hmm. as a designer and I was working three jobs at the time and doing my business And so I created a new collection within two weeks and I took it up to L.A. with three models. My sister, my mom, my best friend came with me and supported me. And I remembered I walked into the offices where I had to audition and I was just so nervous. I had so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know what I was going to say in the audition process, like nothing, nothing. And can you share that moment? (laughs) Are you allowed to share that moment? Yeah. What did you say? Like, I know you had the designs. Mm-hmm. Can you, d- for our listeners, can you describe those three designs? And how did you pitch yourself? Yeah. I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but Mondo, one of the contestants from the show, was one of the judges, and there was two other judges there. And I had three plus-size models, and I had about two garments on the rolling rack, and I remember bringing them all in. And I just sat, stood there and they asked me, okay, who are you? And I told them who I was and that I was a plus size designer. 
and they told me what kind of designs do you like to design and I just said I'd just like to design plus size clothing that's not out there I think I'm the person who's going to fill in that gaps mm -hmm. for the plus size industry and um, I told him that I love to design things that are androgynous like something that is very unisex that can go for both sex or it doesn't even matter um, but I just loved colors and textures and prints and so I told them everything about each garment I walked them through and afterwards they're like okay all you need is three yeses from each judge mm -hmm. and you're able to go and so each judge went and critiqued my work and told me okay like I love your style I love where you're going but I just think you need to work on your finishes and making sure that your work is neat which I had no clue what they were talking about because my work <laughs> is impeccable <laughs> I mean I have a Mexican mother who will look at every detail and tell me redo that that doesn't look mm -hmm. right <laughs> um and so I got all three yeses from all judges and as I was walking out of the room I just thought to myself Oh my gosh, what just happened? I can't believe, like, I was so nervous. And then everything just went away when I walked in that room and I said everything I had to say. And then I completely forgot everything because I was just so happy that they passed me to the next level. And so when I walked out the door, my family was just waiting for me and they're like, what happened? And I wanted to play a joke and tell them no, <laughs> but I was like, there's too many of them to do that. So they were super happy that I made it to the next um the next step of auditions and that was to come back the next day and do um, an in-person interview with the network so it was like a whole nother thing first they want to see your talent and if you are an actual designer who mm -hmm. creates your thing and then the next step is seeing how much of a personality do you have for television yes so I went to that interview the next day with my mom and I just remember being in this small room and they're asking me all these crazy questions like who are you as a person? Are you jealous? Are you a team player? Like what happens um, when you're in some type of conflict? Like what kind of person are you? Like, do you have any bad blood with any other designers from mm -hmm. San Diego? Like they just wanted to know everything. And I remember walking out of that audition, like, man, they're not going to pick me. I'm boring. <laughs> like I cried yeah. a couple of times in there. Oh. Like, I just don't think I'm right for television. But I remember saying when I was in my interview, I was like, if you do put me on Project Runway, I definitely feel like I would be representing a community of people who have been underserved and it would bring higher ratings to your show if there is a plus size designer on television. Yes. That's never happened before. And so I remember walking out and my mom's like, how'd you do? And I was like, I don't think it was good. And she was like, what do you mean you don't think it was good? I was like, I just don't think I'm going to get a call yeah. back two days later. I got a call back and they're like, okay, you're now in the semifinals of the audition. So there's yeah. this small pool of people who are in this process. And now you have to go through your background check. You have to go to the doctors. You have to see a psychiatrist. You have to go take a drug test, like all these things. And then they want like family photos. They want like, every, you have to get everything ready. Like if you were going to go on the show, Oh, like, everything okay. they want your passport all your information like plus uh what is it past employment like everything. everything and then i think i waited maybe three weeks or a month after that and they called me back and i remember i was in the car with my sister and i get a call from them and they're like ashley this is a lifetime with project runway um we just want to let you know, congratulations, you are going to be on the next season of Project Runway. And I was like, I just like was quiet. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm just crying right now. Like I could not believe it. My sister's like, what's going on? What's going on? And um, so, yeah, it was really exciting. And I didn't tell my parents until later on that night. And I recorded mm -hmm. it and everything because I wanted to make it special. And uh, I just remember going to their house and telling them like, okay, I'm leaving in a month and I'm going to be moving to New York for six weeks. And they're like, you got it? And I was like, yes, I made it on the show. And so they were super happy. Like, I know my mom was really worried for mm -hmm. me because she didn't want, if I didn't get this, she didn't want to have to deal with the rejection, like me re getting rejected by something because yes. she knew how badly I wanted this. But 
but yeah, yeah I got it, got and, it. And, and that even made more anxiety for her yeah. <laughs> like her being behind the scenes of everything and like sending me off to New York it was so hard as a Hispanic mother to like let your children go yes and like not be there to protect them or to like help them in any way because my mom was always there like ready to help me in anything (laughs) yeah that's definitely something very common in you know the Hispanic community like you're as a as a woman you're close to your mother Mm -hmm. and you know you do everything together and so I imagine you moving to New York living you know with other designers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're not with your, you know, family. Yeah. And, and she can't just call me. Yeah. Because it's 24-7, you know. Yeah, 24-7. You're there for six weeks. You're secluded. You have no contact with the outside world. Um, you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to listen to the radio, look at magazines, read books, Nothing that will tell you what's going on outside and nothing that will inspire you. It's insane. It's it's like basically being confined to like a underground bomb. Like I kind of say it's like going, well, I've never been to jail or rehab, but I can only imagine what it's like to be secluded from the world. And that's what I felt like I was locked in and I couldn't talk to my family whenever I wanted to. So that's the side that, as viewers, we don't no, know. No, nobody knows. Like, I wish, like, I hope in a couple of years I'll get a deal where I'll get to do a tell-all because nobody will ever understand what it's like to film reality TV, especially a competition mm-hmm. like that, unless you're in it or unless you're one of the people working behind the scenes. But as a contestant, you're on anxiety well this is how i dealt with it i'm on anxiety every day i'm not taking any medication or anything like that like you just never know when you're when it's going to be your last day you don't know who to trust you don't know who to talk to like i remember coming home after the after the first six weeks and i told my family i was like i haven't laughed in a really really long time and they're like you haven't laughed like nothing's funny and i'm like you don't understand like what other people may think is funny, I may not think it's funny, but because I'm with you guys, I'm myself and I can laugh and trust yeah. people and have a good time. Like you're you're constantly with people who you may feel a sense of closeness with, but they can turn around and say yes. whatever they want about you or um, turn their backs on you like you just don't know who to trust because at the end of the day it's a competition mm-hmm. and you're out to beat that other person exactly and that's like the dark side you could say it is that we don't know and i really find it unbelievable that as a fashion designer in a reality show you can't be surrounded by things that inspire you yeah because you're designing yeah how was that like what it's that is one of the hardest things is trying to come up with an idea within 30 minutes when they give you the time to Mm -hmm. um i'm that type of person who loves to listen to music um or look at magazines to get inspiration things like that and you're just so closed in that you forget what things look like like my my vision wasn't not my physical vision, but like my mental vision was Mm -hmm. not there. Like I couldn't see things. And so it wasn't until I got to the fabric store that I was like, okay, what do I do? Like the fabric had to inspire me. But then right then you only have 30 minutes to make a decision, get your fabric cut out, get all the thread notions, zippers, everything that you need. Because once you leave the store, there's no more, you have to beg someone beg another contestant if you can have or borrow or whatever that you need um but yeah you only have 30 minutes to do all of that plus you're on a budget and everything at mood is extremely expensive like you could find maybe a nice lace that you Mm want to create something and it's like 75 dollars a yard well it takes more than one yard to create Mm -hmm. something and if you only have a hundred two hundred dollars then that means you're very, very limited to what you get. So you basically had to like scrap in your brain and find inspiration and then 
be able to find a solution while getting fabrics and everything yeah. yeah you have to like especially being on a reality tv show that is a competition you have to be able to think quickly on your feet and you mm -hmm. have to think of a solution very quickly and you have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself you're gonna watch yourself drown mm -hmm. in the pressure and i saw a lot of people on the show like just overthink things and just crash under all that i walking into the show like i semi believed in myself because i was like okay maybe i do have no i do have what it takes to be on this mm -hmm. show but then again there's so many other talented people on this show that they they saw as much as they saw in me they saw in that other yes. person so it's like how much am i going to be able to stick around for all 12 episodes and make it to the yeah. last one like what do i have to do and so i really just try to be nice to all the contestants like i don't really have a bad bone in me unless you treat me badly mm -hmm. but i just really try to be a team player be nice to everybody and then also just like keep to myself like when i'm working it's just it's a lot yeah it's so much that by the time i came home to create my final collection i was so um mentally, mentally drained, ex drained yeah. exhausted i couldn't see colors i couldn't see designs anymore like i could see colors mm -hmm. but i couldn't put things together because i was just so drained so drained and while you were in that you know pressured environment and you know having every i guess every week or every you know episode being judged with what you created yeah how were you able to f i know like you you had to go on but where did you pull that you know motivation for yourself that that passion to go on where i got that motivation every day was one praying to god and my grandmother because she had just recently passed that like please give me like forgive me for anything that i've done wrong and also please um just give me the strength and creativity and the courage to continue on with this journey because like i always like i don't mean to cry or anything but i always felt like there was a reason why i was on that show mm -hmm. there was a reason why my grandmother had just passed away there was a reason why i just received that email like things happened for a reason and so i just kept thinking to myself like if I wasn't here at this very moment, where else would I be? And if I had a decision to make where I would rather be, I would rather be here at this mm -hmm. very moment, which is being on the show. Like, I didn't want to be anywhere else. Like, as much as I miss my mom's cooking, my family, everything, I was like, this is the only place I have to be. Like, I just yes. have to do this for six weeks. Like, you can do this. Don't give up. Like, you got yeah. this you know what to do just don't let the people around you affect you affect you yeah. yeah because i was such a i'm such a nice person and i absorb other people's energies and that sometimes get conflicted yes. with my energy so you have to just be a well-rounded person to not allow those things to affect you and what were the you know lessons and skills that while you were there in project one way that you now take and use and you know maybe you did some mistakes there but now yeah. that now yeah. that i've learned yeah. i think being able to be in such a time restrained place like mm -hmm. you only have this amount of time um and that you only have a, these amount of things to to work off of and also being judged by judges who are in the mm -hmm. industry who i admire so much i think that told me like if you don't believe in yourself who else is going to yes. believe in you so you need to believe in yourself no matter what happens and what you are given you make it work you can't think about i wish i had this i wish i had that you work with what is in front of you and you make it the best mm -hmm. because after at the end of it you're gonna realize what your potential is and how much of a like how much capacity can you take at that very mm -hmm. moment and when i did the whole audition process for project runway 
the number one question they always asked me in my interviews was why should you be why do you want to be on project runway and i never talked about the money i never talked about the opportunities i just always said like i want to push myself as far as i can as a designer and that's what i did yes every episode like i learned something new about myself because when they strip all inspiration when they strip everything that you're used to doing all you have is your mind yes that's all you have and your your original creativity Mm -hmm. and it all comes within you oh my gosh that's so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) that's a true a true fashion designer because nowadays we see people you know designing designing anything anything (laughs) and you're telling me what you went through you know from going to school and putting your collection um, in new york and then going on project runway being Mm -hmm. stripped from that inspiration Mm -hmm. and making it work and creating your collection and you're around by other designers who are super talented Mm -hmm. and those things are really intimidating like it just i don't know i feel like if every designer could put themselves through that situation of being on in a in a situation like that i'm not saying be on reality tv like that's the way to go but just putting yourself through that test it really shows you what you can do yes it shows your what you said you know like your creativity that was born inside of you yeah and rediscover your passion of why you're doing this exactly exactly because when i was on the show all I did was design for straight size women. And that in itself was a little bit discouraging because mm-hmm. that's not my inspiration. My inspiration is working with real women's bodies and how to manipulate the eyes when it looks at the body mm-hmm. and trying to, because there's so many rules and, or not rules, but there's just so many different things that I I do when I'm designing a plus size body versus a straight size. Yes. You can put anything on a straight size body and you can put a potato sack and they look great. But when it comes to plus size, I do find it more challenging. But when I say challenging, that's not a negative thing. That's a positive thing yes. for me. Like I love a challenge and I love making women happy. And so when Project Runway gave me the opportunity to create a plus-sized collection for my finale, I was so happy that they decided they to do, yeah, they allowed that, yeah. me because not that um, it wasn't in my head. I always wanted to create a plus-sized collection mm-hmm. if I had made it that far. I told myself, if I make it to Fashion Week, I'm going to push that they allow me to do um, a, a, plus-size, a collection. plus-size collection. And... Um, it was always talked about in my interviews, and I think that they got that. They knew mm-hmm. from the beginning that that's what I wanted to do. And if they didn't let me, I was going to walk away from the show because I was yes. like, that's not who that's I not am. You. Yeah. And so this was the first time that they ever had let uh, a designer create a plus size collection outside of what they're used to yes. doing, and they weren't prepared. I don't. I don't think Project Runway was prepared for the amount of attention mm-hmm. um prepared for me as a designer i remember walking into the workroom after coming after creating my collection to show mm-hmm. they didn't even have a plus size dress form ready for me in my workspace oh, no. i was like so you want me to work off yes. of a regular size dress form i was like no i need a plus size mm-hmm. and so they were able to get me a plus size dress form like they literally had to cater to me to what I needed. I said, if you're giving all the other designers this, I need this as well. Yes. Like, this isn't fair. And for the listeners who are not, aw- you know, aware or knowledgeable in the fashion yeah. industry, can you tell us what is a dress form? A dress form is, it looks like a mannequin. It lo- mm-hmm. It's a real body, but it's the, let's say, it's an industry uh, mannequin that you're able to pin fabric to mm-hmm. and take measurements and things like that to make your patterns. Um, so from straight sizes, they're normally anywhere from a size four to a six size. Mm-hmm. And for plus size, we normally do anywhere from a 14, 16 size. So they come in different sizes or you can order them to your measurement, however you like. So something as simple like that they didn't have. And with you, they were, they had to, you know, they had to, to they had to do a special casting call Mm -hmm. for models for me. 
I got to individually pick out my models before I went back to New York. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I feel like I got a, a little bit of a special privilege, but I felt like I deserved it at the same time. Because if you wanted me to present something mm-hmm. with your name behind it, it needs to be at a certain point. Yes. Like you can't half fast just because I'm doing a plus size collection. I want the same um, treatment treatment as everyone yes. else. And what, what was interesting was when I was talking to the producers right before I got on to, before I went back to present my collection, they would always check in every few weeks to see like, how are you doing? Do you need mm-hmm. anything? Like, are we good for you to mail everything out yes. once it's done? Um, they would tell me that the other contestants were upset that I was, um, they thought I was being, like I was getting special treatment and that, yeah. I think what it was is they were just super intimidated by me doing something completely different that could mess up their chances of winning. At the end of the day, it's what you present. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter what size you're presenting it in. It's how it looks, how you construct clothing how you put a collection together how cohesive it is it's all about who you are as a designer and if i'm able to bite more than i can chew then that's on me Mm -hmm. but i'm taking something that's way harder than what you guys are doing i'm actually presenting something on real women's bodies that i could mess up on So it was yes. just like, I don't know why you're mad because I'm doing something that I could jeopardize my chances of winning. Exactly. And at the end of the day, like you said, it's your, it's the design and how it flows on the woman's body. Yeah. Like I remember when I presented my, th- so when you go back on the mm-hmm. show and you take your whole collection, they always like one of the last episodes, they always put you through another challenge before you walk down New York fashion week. Oh my God. <laughs> and our challenge was to present three looks to the judges that best give them a preview of what our collection's mm-hmm. going to be. But one of those looks has to be brand new. So it cannot be something that we already made. Mm-hmm. Either we could choose to use it at the end or we can choose to n- yes, not use it. And so I remember when I presented my collection, they're like, we love it. But Ashley, you have to pay attention to fit and construction because mm-hmm. this is what can make you lose it. And so I went back and I just had to like reconstruct all my garments. I had to make mm-hmm. make sure that everything was fitting right to my girls because I had girls from a size 12 to a size 20. Mm-hmm. And when all the other ju- all the other contestants had girls who were like, twos fours like there's not much of a difference but i'm dealing with women who have real curves and who they're just real women like this is what women look like every day Mm -hmm. yes and i feel like you know going back like comparing you to other designers you had more challenges but i think at the end of the day was it was good and better because you understood a woman's body and how the clothes had to look like. Yeah. Especially being plus size myself, I knew what that was like. Mm -hmm. And like from choosing the fabric and Mm -hmm. if it stretched really well, if it was comfortable on the skin, it's like you have to pay attention to every single detail. Yes. So once you presented your collection, how was that like in winning? Because I know that you even came across to a moment where like did they choose me just because i was a plus size fashion designer (laughs) or it was because of my talent yeah how was that like and when did you decide you're like no because i'm talented i'm good um it felt amazing to be able to present a collection that was plus size it was never done before in new york fashion week Mm -hmm. and on project runway so i felt like i was hitting two mar like two milestones for this industry amazing and then also to show that i am mexican-american like a lot of people did not know that i was mexican at Mm -hmm. all and so i wanted this collection from the beginning to just i wanted to be this was like a tribute to my heritage Mm -hmm. and i wanted to show everyone what um Mexico City in the 1950s and like how florals really play an effect into Mm -hmm. all my designs and I love the uh, paying attention to detail and so when I was creating that collection all my fabric was white no one knew that and I had to hand dye every piece of fabric 
after I was done designing because I finally figured out, okay, what color do I want everything? I want it to tell this beautiful, colorful story. And I want all these headdresses to complement every garment. And when Tim told me, don't put a headpiece on every uh, Mm -hmm. model, I was like, then what did I make all these headdresses for? Like these headdresses have to be on all the models. And so I really had to be careful in the order that I did everything. But um, being at the finale and being in front of the judges and Heidi calling each designer one by one and just being like, thank you for being on the show. But like, this is it. This is the end of the road for you. And uh, when she called the runner up and I was the last one standing on stage, I just kept telling myself, don't cry. Don't cry. They haven't said anything to you, Ashley. Don't cry. And then Heidi was like, you're the winner of Project Runway. At that very moment, I felt like all the hard work that I've ever done finally like paid off at mm-hmm. that very moment. <laughs> um, I'm such a crybaby <laughs> for your viewers to no, know. You're going to make me cry. Too. Um, but it's just like when you have to tell that moment, you relive it in your head over and over again because that was like the most powerful rewarding moment ever because everything that i had put on the line like quitting all three jobs losing my grandmother and um putting myself out there for the world to judge or critique was a lot for me and um and just being able to know that all that pain and work finally paid off that i was like whoo okay, am I ready for this next journey that's about to happen? Because I never expected any of this. I never expected to go on a reality show and find my way to fame there. Mm -hmm. I knew that I always wanted to be known for my hard work and my creativity, but I never thought that being on a show would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was it was crazy in itself and then being able to have my family come on stage and know that I won and like right after uh we filmed that my mom immediately called my family and told everyone that I won and I was like mom if you mess this up for me I could lose everything (laughs) but um I think everybody was just waiting to hear back of like what happened and um my family was like so excited when I got back home and to know that like their prayers and everything yes. like finally came to life. So yeah, if you haven't paid attention, yeah. Ashley made history. <laughs> the first Mexican American plus size fashion design to present her collection in New York fashion week and project one way. That is something to be proud of. And yeah. I'm so happy that you did Thank it. Like you. And once you won and you got immediately approached by jess jc penny yeah there was numbers of companies who were approaching me i one of the companies that i i totally missed and Mm -hmm. i wish i would have worked with was disney um i remember disney jc penny's was one of the first companies and during Mm -hmm. that time of negotiation i had a lot of other companies and like i said disney was one of them and disney wanted me to create a plus size clothing line that was inspired by any disney character that i wanted and coco was one that was just being announced that Mm -hmm. was going to be released in the next couple of years and so i wanted to get behind coco and i wanted to create a whole plus size collection for that and i also wanted to take like one of my favorite princesses Mm -hmm. and just turn it into something like they had all these hopes and dreams for me to create a line for disney fanatics like me who want to actually wear fun disney clothing and so because jc pennies didn't allow me working with them i decided not to do it and that was because the opportunity that jc pennies was giving me mm-hmm. no other company was really giving me that and that was to be able to create about four line like four different seasonal collections 
They had over 700 stores around the United States. That meant that I had more access to plus-size women than any other company. Mm -hmm. A plus-size woman could walk into a mall and find something for them. We couldn't do that before. We could have to go to Walmart. We had to shop online. Like We couldn't walk into a department store like everyone else's and be able to shop. And I wanted to be able to help that in the industry. I wanted plus size women to feel welcome into Mm -hmm. department stores and feel like they can shop for their husband, for their kids, for themselves at the same time. Like we shouldn't have to divide all that. And um, JCPenney's gave me freedom to create whatever I wanted. And the first thing I created was a horizontal crop top. (laughs) And they're like, horizontal? I said, yes, horizontal. We're not doing vertical stripes. We're doing horizontal stripes. We're going against the grain of Mm -hmm. everything that people had told us in the fashion fashion industry that we cannot wear. I made it pink and black horizontal um, crop top. And then when I was deciding on the length of the crop top, JCPenney's wanted to go longer. And I said, shorter, shorter, shorter. That's not a crop top. (laughs) I needed to be shorter. So I fought with them all the time to create the things that I wanted to create and that collection I had about 18 pieces in my first collection and they sold out and I was like either you guys didn't make enough or Or, your consumer is really enjoying this like I made a pleather um, like a fake leather uh, jacket that Mm -hmm. had this really cool like it was a like it was a crop leather jacket with this lining of chiffon underneath mm-hmm. that made it look like a coat. Like it was something that no straight size person has ever seen in their sizes and they wanted it, but it was only available for plus size women. And just creating this line that people have not seen mm-hmm. and how exclusive it was for pl- only for plus size people made straight size women jealous. And I'm like, you guys have so much more options. We have nothing. And this is our time to take fashion back. Like yes. we need to be welcomed into fashion week. We need to be in editorials. We need to be on the front cover of magazines. Like we need our space in this industry and like put them put, um, like that plus size women are fashionable that we don't have to dress down or in frumpy clothes like we want to dress fashionable and with colors yeah different type of fabrics yeah like there i don't i don't i don't believe when somebody says that fabric isn't for plus size bodies like I, i don't understand what you mean by that unless it's not breathable <laughs> like that's yeah. the only time that i understand that but i i remember tim critiquing my work when he came to do his home visit when i was on the show and he would just critique my work and he was just like this could be really for old women like the clothing could be for like my like a grandma and mm-hmm. i'm like no that's not what i'm going for like you obviously don't see the vision that i have mm-hmm. going on for this yeah, and obviously it was difficult for him because obviously he's a man and his body type was completely different from you and your future consumers, right? Yeah. So can you tell me the lessons, the mistakes, the experiences that you took from JCPenney? Because you were you mentioned your first collection, that your aunts and uh, cousins were helping yes, you ship yes. everything. It was completely different, obviously. Oh, yeah. JCPenney. They had that covered so you were just focused with working with a lot of the other designers mm-hmm. to create what you had in mind yeah. so the difference between owning my own brand and designing a line with jc mm-hmm. was the fact that they had access to everything and i didn't have to think about dumbing my designs down because of cost yeah. i could finally say what i wanted to create and they would create it so all i had to worry about was making sure that what I was creating was going to complement any body type and making sure that it fit correctly. So when we would get samples made, I told them, I need a sample in your normal sample size, mm-hmm. which could be like a 14, 16. And then at that time, I was the largest size that they were going to be carrying. So like around a 26, 28. Mm-hmm. I think they even went up to a 32. And so they were able to get size... Uh, 
samples for the fit model and for me and we would compare the two because when you design something and you have a body shape in mind sometimes it doesn't translate to other body mm -hmm. types but i wanted to make sure that my line alone transferred to each size the way it was supposed to so there was a lot of designs i had like over 40 designs for jc pennies and we had to narrow it down after the buyers took in every design but we had to narrow it down because a lot of things didn't end up working like i wanted it mm -hmm. to and it needed more time to be worked on but we didn't have that much time because they wanted a quick yes. turnaround so i'm like okay we're gonna choose this and this and this but each thing that was designed I absolutely loved and I had my name behind it because originally they didn't want me to design a collection. They just wanted me to sign my name off mm. on their designs. And I said, nope, nope, you're hiring a designer. Like they didn't know what they were getting themselves <laughs> into. I'm like, you're hiring a designer. I know what I'm doing and we're going to do it this way. Like I remember I wanted to design a pair of biker shorts because biker shorts weren't in yet, but they were making their way and it needed mm -hmm. like the celebrities to be wearing it to make it a hot trend. But in my case, I was like, I think we need biker shorts because plus size women, our thighs rub together and we shave and it becomes very, very irritating for us that we can barely walk. So I'm like, we need to make biker shorts that we can wear underneath skirts, dresses, and just be able to live comfortably and do stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they were just like, no, we, I don't think we really need it. And I kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And they made them and they sold out. Like, yeah, yeah. they just, they really needed someone like me to come in to design for them. Um, and just kind of open their eyes because the people who were designing their plus size were not plus size. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I, I, it's obvious, like if you're designing for a certain type of person yeah. or, and it can be for anything, you know, in terms of like, if you're communicating to someone, you, it's easier if you're in their shoes. Yeah. That consumer. So you're talking about those struggles and when was that moment where you're like, you know what? Thank you for all the learnings here at JCPenney for all the experience because thanks to them you were able to reach a much more larger community. oh yeah yes. definitely when was that moment you decided you know like I'm gonna go on my own path and create <laughs> my own brand like I mean I wish it was on my own but a contract comes to an end at a mm -hmm. it was only an eight month 18 month contract um I was kind of happy when JCPenney's let me go because I understood at a very early time that this wasn't going to be for the rest of my life. Yes. I know that JC Penney's was a company that went back and forth because they were suffering in the industry. I mean, they've been around for so long mm -hmm. um, and they wanted something else. So they went on and did what they had to do. But I don't think JC Penney's plus size section will ever be successful as it was with, with me. You, yeah. I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything like that. But nobody knew that JCPenney's carried plus-size clothing until I came to be the face mm -hmm. of it and was designing and people were actually wearing it. People still shop at their plus-size section and they still think that they're buying my designs. But I haven't designed with them for like over two, three years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was pretty devastated that they didn't want to bring me on, but that only allowed me to be able to work with other companies and branch out and do other things because people don't understand when you sign contracts, you're very limited to what you can do outside of that contract. They had in my contract that I couldn't work with Torrid. I couldn't work with Lynn Bryant. I couldn't work with Target, Kohl's, all these huge companies who did want to yes. work with me. And that's what a contract is. Like you they um limit you mm -hmm. to what you can do so after i was done with that contract i went on and created plus size patterns for simplicity patterns where mm -hmm. you can find them at jc or not excuse me you can find them at joann's walmart where you can actually go home and create your own garments if you know how to sew i went out and made my own plus size jewelry because plus size jewelry wasn't available at that time like people thought that just adding an elastic um having an elastic bracelet mm -hmm. would fix the problem or elastic ring would fix the problem and it wasn't mm -hmm. so it made it allowed me to branch out with other companies to create things with a plus size consumer mind mm -hmm. um that wasn't happening and 
now I guess for all those fashion designers that you know maybe find themselves in the opportunity to working in a brand and maybe next time you find yourself in another contract mm -hmm. what would you do differently next time if I was to sign a contract with mm -hmm. a company I mean since it's been so long um I think I did what I could do. There was nothing that I could do at that time to get myself out of uh, them not allowing me to work with certain companies. I think what I would have done differently is really put my foot down to them not allowing me to work with other companies. I would have said, no, I'm not going to work with you if you don't let me work with this other company. Mm -hmm. But now I know a little bit more about the industry, and that's really hard to kind of walk by unless you have a very strong name in yes. the industry like if you're a Beyonce yeah. they're not gonna hold Beyonce down yeah. for anything you know so it's just it's all about how long you've been in this industry and if you have a good attorney or a lawyer yeah. who's taking care of your contract it's just the industry gets very ugly when you start to write contracts for people mm -hmm. and you kind of just see what they're using you yeah. for and now that you're you have your own brand, Ashley yeah. Nell Tipton. <laughs> you can find it online, yes. AshleyNellTipton.com. What are you doing different, differently? And also, what lessons are you taking from all your experiences and yeah. doing now to avoid making the same mistakes? I think now that I've, like, after I've worked with a few brands and companies, I've really got to learn what a consumer wants and what I'm able to mm -hmm. make. And now that I do all my production in-house, I do a lot of things in Los Angeles. Like, it's hard to do it with yes. your financial back, like, with your own money. I don't have anyone backing me. I don't have an investor. So I'm doing everything on my own. And I understand people are expecting my price points to be at JC Penney's, but mm -hmm. when you're an indie designer and you're doing everything on your own and you're having everything made in United States, it's very hard to try to even match your prices up to a JC Penney's, but you have to understand that you're getting good quality mm -hmm. and that I am the person who is making sure that before I ship something else, ship something out, that the quality is there, that the fit is there, that the fabric I got to choose. Like, I know that my designs aren't as glamorous as they were when they were at JC Penney's because that was JC Penney's, yeah. you know, money. And everything. Yeah. But now I get to just do more things that I want to do because they have pushed a lot of my designs out the mm -hmm. window. So. I don't know. It's exciting, but it's also there's so much more that I would like to do, but it takes time. It takes time, yeah. I think it's a slower pace than I was with JC Penney's. JC Penney's was this I'm glad I got that opportunity cuz I got to do something that I've always wanted to do, and now mm -hmm. that I've done it, I'm back to who I am as a designer and getting to do things at my own pace yes. and being able to build a company here. Like I have my manager, I have my assistant designer, I have my other assistant and it's just, it's fun to have your own thing. Cause it was, it was a lot of stress and a lot of it wasn't notes. always fun yeah. when I was doing JC Penney's. There was a lot of meet and greets and there was a lot of, filming and a lot of things that I didn't want to do I just wanted to design and now I get to do that here and I also get to teach people how to sew and I teach private classes I teach big groups and being able to work one-on-one -on -one with people here in my studio it it gives me this inspiration and motivation to keep doing what I'm doing and then I get to share my story about mm -hmm. project runway i get to sh share my tips and tricks like things that my grandma had taught me when i was sewing and like it's just it's nice to hear everyone's story about why they want to sew why they want to design and all these things and for those that are interested in your sewing <laughs> classes yes. they can find them online but what can they expect when uh, you know you give them your tips and tricks and you know yeah. you, they learn from you but what else can are could they expect once they sign up? Um, so I teach classes here in San Diego in my studio. And then if you're unable to come to the studio, I offer I now offer online Skype one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. sessions with people. Um, what do you expect? 
you expect to gain the confidence that you need to have behind a sewing machine mm-hmm. because I understand that a sewing machine can be very intimidated to a lot of people because there's a lot of things there's a lot of functions mm-hmm. on there but every time somebody comes into my class or if I do it online my goal by the end of the class is just to make you feel confident with a sewing machine because um like I said there's a lot of things that you you don't know how to do in the beginning but once you kind of open up that avenue of learning more Mm -hmm. and learning the machine your creative process starts to work and you're like wow if I could do that I could do this and this and this and then you start making things and that end result feeling of making something is the most powerful feeling that I've discovered as growing up when I would feel defeated about not being able to read and spell Mm -hmm. but I can go and pick up a piece of fabric and make myself something or make something for someone it was just so fulfilling that I always wanted that feeling when I went into this industry I was like no matter what I do I just always want to make sure that I feel that like Mm -hmm. I'm happy I'm proud of myself like I can do this and also it's great that you mentioned self-confidence in front of the sewing machine because I you also do self-confidence workshops yes (laughs) I think that's amazing it's completely you know 100% you of what you're doing you know with your clothes with the sewing classes and the workshops for those interested and you know coming in yes what what can you know they also Um, learn and expect so this september we'll be doing an acceptance workshop and the acceptance workshop is basically just um i'm teaching people how to rethink about themselves Mm -hmm. and how to think um i think we've been we've been brought up especially hispanics Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) about anybody else but in in the Hispanic culture, um, you're so quickly to put yourself down. You're not good enough. You need to try harder. You need to do this. This is the way that you need to do things. Um, I had always built my mind like that. And I created so much fear around things that I didn't allow myself to do it because I allowed other people's fears to be my fears. Mm -hmm. And, my mom was afraid of me going on a project runway. So that made myself be afraid about going on this show. And it's like, I have to rethink things. Like I saw how my manager, um, who I've known since college, how he lived his life and how things didn't stress him out. He didn't have anxiety. He, I, I saw him like just floating, like he's so peaceful and happy. And I was like, what are you doing? I I want want that because a lot of people don't know, but when I got off of Project Runway, I was so depressed, so depressed, so unhappy. Um, And there was this feeling that I wanted to change. And so I went to a identity retreat um, with the author named Robert Fritz. Um, If anyone's interested in learning more about him, Google him, read his books. He's an amazing author and writer. Like, he created this thinking um, mm-hmm. to change your life so that, like, not to allow people's opinions affect the way that you think or, like, name-calling. Like, when someone would call me fat, I had the hardest time accepting that because I tied that to my identity. Mm-hmm. I tied that being fat is lazy, disgusting, ugly, and all that that's my Mm -hmm. own opinion on that and someone else can have a different opinion but it doesn't matter at the end of the day if i'm fat i'm fat it doesn't mean that's bad or good like it's just Mm -hmm. a word and so now i take the word fat as powerful because i've been able to overcome the negativity of being fat like i don't care anymore that i now have to live and accepting who I am and being okay because there's there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You love yourself and you're creating lovely and beautiful pieces yes. for other women that are just like you. Yes. Yes. And for our la- for the, our last question here, <laughs> and, yes, and you know, you're talking about how you saw the word fat and what it meant to you and like what it affected you. Mm-hmm. If you could go back to, you know, 
little Ashley. Yes. <laughs> what, what advice would you give her? Um, there's nothing wrong with you. And to be who you are, express yourself. Don't hold back. Um, don't listen to the negativity. Don't listen to other people's opinions. Just be you and figure it out mm-hmm. on your own. Cause that's the only way that you learn. You can't learn through other people's mistakes because they're, they're mistakes for a reason. Your mistakes are for you for a reason. So I think just being who you are, loving yourself, accepting yourself for who you are, because you don't want to continue living life being upset that you're not who you who you expect to be just be who you are beautiful and for any mexican-american you know plus size fashion designer you know they're interested in fashion and they want to take that step but they're afraid you know what would you tell them let go of all that fear because you're going to hold on that fear for the rest of your life and you're going to regret that you never did it so just do it just do it like it doesn't matter don't think about what someone's gonna say or the fear just do it because you're gonna be so much more relief and happy with yourself that you did it and proud beautiful oh my gosh thank you ashley so much thank you for your words thank you for sharing your story of course i think our listeners are gonna learn a lot from fashion and (laughs) you know to inspire them to continue on their path and thank you for doing amazing things for making history for designing beautiful clothes for plus size women and just being you being yourself and thank you thank you i appreciate i thank both of you guys for coming (laughs) out here um making the drive from la to san diego and also allowing me to talk about these things i mean it's been a while since i've done a podcast but i hope whatever it is that i said or how people take this information as inspiration to whatever it is that we're doing because I was once at their, where they're at yeah. now, and look where I'm at. I could, if you would have asked me years ago, I would have never thought that I would mm-hmm. be in this place now. So it's all about taking chances, yes. even if you're scared. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and where can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can find me on any social media site: Facebook, Twitter, instagram at ashley nil tipton or ashley nil tipton designs awesome well i hope they can follow you and they can you know look at your collection and your sewing classes and workshops and thank you for listening to another episode of ellas you can send us an email we would i would love to share your story it's at ellas the podcast at gmail.com that is e double l a s the podcast or follow us at ellas the podcast at instagram that's e double l a s the podcast or follow me at bren underscore hi b-r-e-n underscore j-a-i thank you again ashley this is amazing i love this episode and having the conversation with you and i'll be seeing you in two weeks bye-bye if you've been listening to as for a while You know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. Ellas is produced, hosted, and edited by me. Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. And thank you to Shro, who created our theme song. This is Ellas.